0: Hello, and once again, welcome to the Rural Education Podcast. My name is Alan Hoffman. I am the host of the Rural Education Podcast. Uh, Just a quick recap for those of you that maybe are jumping right into Episode 3. I am an English teacher. This is my first year of teaching. I teach at Savage Public School uh, in Savage, Montana. Very small school, K-12. through We have an enrollment of about 120, uh, maybe a little less than that. Uh, and I teach English 6 through 12. Uh, I am more or less the English department, and I thought it would be kind of fun if I did a podcast about my experiences uh, in in teaching in such a small environment uh, and kind of the things that go along with that aspect of teaching. Um, something that I've said in the previous podcast uh, is that, you know, sometimes you look at even even lesson plans, uh, I was looking at one today, Example, for example, as I'm looking to plan uh, the rest of my week uh, here at Savage, and, and this lesson plan said divide uh, students into five groups, and I thought, well, they would be in uh, pairs, and I can do four. Uh, <laughs> so uh, a lot of things uh, are not tailored towards rural education. You have to modify them a little bit. Uh, when we look at our media it's It's usually not uh, depicting a rural setting when it comes to education, and so what I wanted to do was offer a space where we could talk about rural education issues uh, and what it's like to teach in that setting um, and as I've said before, uh, I want this to be a professional development opportunity um, not only for myself but from others. I would like there to be a degree of interactivity between myself. Uh, the host and you, the listener of this podcast, I do have uh, several avenues in which you could do that. There is a uh, Twitter feed, which is at Rural Ed Podcast. Uh, you can also uh, like my Facebook page, which is Facebook dot com slash Rural Ed Podcast. Uh, there's the blog ruraledpodcast.blogspot.com. Podcast blogspot dot com, and you can email me as well at um, ruraledpodcast at gmail.com. You may have picked up on a theme there. Uh, And so I do want there to be a degree of interactivity between me and you where we can exchange ideas, we can exchange stories, uh, we can uh, make for a better practice. Um, And those of you that that maybe uh, are looking at or or are in urban environments or or larger schools, um, feel free to say, well, I think this might work too. So what I want to talk about today is, is probably one of the biggest things uh, that you will run into if you teach at a small school. And you run into this too at, at any school, uh, but not to the degree that I think you run into it at a small school. And that is scheduling interruptions um, or scheduling changes uh, that, that are going to happen to you. And I'm going to start with a little story from when I was in high school. My senior year, the girls' basketball team made it to state, which was in Olympia. That was about an hour and a half from where I went to school. And so I went down there as a member of the Valhalla. That was our high school journalism class, and I was the sports editor. So I went down there to cover the games. And we brought down a pep band um, as well, a full pep band, We brought down a a decent cheering section, and of course we had our girls on the floor. And I would say that between all of the people that came down there, and I don't have an estimate of how many people that was, but I would argue that, you know, probably between 85 and 90% of our student body was still at Lake Stevens High School that day. Uh, Even though this was a major tournament event, we had a full pep band, we had a cheering section, School basically went on as planned that day. Um, There might have been a few teachers that had, you know, more students missing from one period than they would have another, and maybe they had to make changes. But I I would imagine, for the most part, those individual teachers didn't have to do a whole lot to change their schedule, their planning. Uh, And I remember when I would go uh, for cross-country meets, and we'd leave, you know, Thursday afternoon, you know, before the last period of the day, there was just kind of this understanding that you'll do your assignment, you'll do your work. Um, but the rest of us will continue because you can't two two kids out of 25 go to a, a meet. You, you still have 23 of your kids to work with. That is not the case <laughs> um, with small schools. Uh, we just got done with our tournaments um they got done they wrapped up state was actually a couple weeks ago um by now uh, no teams from savage made it but we did have our boys went uh to divisionals and girls had a nice dis- run in districts as well and those disrupt your day i remember uh, when i was student teaching cuz i didn't run into this too much this year cuz our games tended to be in the evenings um but when i was student teaching also at a small school We would hold school, but basically anybody that was eligible would go to the basketball game. So not only the team, but the pep band, and then we'd have a rooting section, and then before you know it, there's like one student in the entire high school. And this happens, you know, I know this happened with my junior high kids earlier in the year um, when they went on a basketball game, and we had two kids in the entire junior high that uh, were not taking part in this in this basketball game and with high school uh we actually had it happen with track uh, on on this last Thursday before our Easter break uh that I was missing the majority of my high school students and in fact I only had one sophomore um and three of them had gone to track and then one was sick that day but these things will pop up in on the calendar when they make for a really busy time, and they can also be really frustrating as well when you're you're looking through your your schedule and going well i'm gonna I would like to do an activity on Friday to kind of wrap up the week, but I can't because you know three fifths of my class is at a track meet that day. Or during districts, they just, they're at the tournament, they're at the games. Um, The majority of my students are at the games. And you, on the one hand, you wish they were there, so obviously you could go through with it. And maybe this is one of those instances where you kind of wish your class sizes were a little bit larger, so if, you know, two or three students were missing, it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, But on the other hand, you're going, well, these are important events. To them as well, and, and sports are incredibly important for the development of somebody, uh, of a young person, and so you you kind of have that tension within yourself there, um, but it can be frustrating when you go through your schedule and go, well, I got to push this back a day or two days um, because we've got basketball games, um, and yeah, I'll have you know maybe two or three students that will be here because they don't participate in, in those sports, or they're not interested in going, but then you still have seven that are going to be gone, and that creates a problem. And this is, and I think really in a in a small school, this is just something that is unavoidable. I know this is, as I said earlier, this is my first year of teaching, and as we started getting here, Um, tournament time, the history teacher said, "Uh, you probably don't want to schedule anything big over these couple of weeks because that's tournament time. The kids will be gone. They will be missing school. Um, We looked out. we actually had a lot of evening games, but still, um, it's very possible that they would have morning games. And then they actually, when we got into divisionals, they did, They they left school, basically right at first bell and then of course you had the students that would go and watch them that basically meant well we don't have any boys in the school today half of our girls are probably missing and so what do you do i kind of luck out i'm the english teacher oh we don't have a quorum today if you will Uh, we're missing a lot of people those of you that are here we're going to read just kind of silently read for the period. I've given, you know, the occasional free day. Like, you know what, you're you're right where you need to be. Um, just sort of relax. I do know that when we had divisionals and we had uh, some some games that were happening during the school day um, with my our junior high kids, I felt comfortable with where we were. And we actually, we turned the game on the radio and we listened to it. Um, just kind of ways to sort of work around our problem until we could get everyone together and then move forward from there but it's just it's, it's one of those things though that you you can't avoid and and now we're running to as we get into the final about a month and a half of school and and I should put a picture I took a picture of the calendar for April and I put it up on on my own Facebook page and I should put it up on some of the other uh, various uh, accounts that I have is that April is incredibly busy. There is something going on just about every day except for Sundays. Uh, and and some of this is stuff that pertains to me. Some of it is stuff that pertains just to the staff. But a lot of it is things that involve the kids. You know, they have their prom coming up uh, at the end of the month. They're going to be missing time because of uh, track meets. Um, They have testing that's going on. That's another thing that I want to touch on today. They will have uh, just these events that are happening. Um, My joke with with my wife was, I think, the master calendar that gets together and they spread things out nice and evenly. And then they get to April and they go, oh, school's about to end. We have to cram as much in as possible. Now, I wanted to talk about testing. We had are I think it's called Mcat testing for um certain grades I think it was basically everyone through 10th took these tests uh and I I have my sophomores a little bit later in the day so that didn't I I never really missed them uh but I didn't have freshmen for 2 days um for instance I'd always have my junior high kids cuz we would test in the morning And then I have them in the afternoon. So that wasn't a problem. But I had no freshmen for two days. Uh, And then uh, because of Academic Olympics, we ended up pushing our testing back. And so I had to kind of come up with a plan on the fly for uh, what I was going to be doing with our freshmen for one day. Um, Because I didn't want to start anything new with them and then lose them for two days. And it was going to be like a Thursday. I think we had a three-day weekend weekend. And then I was going to lose him on Monday. So you're like, well, I don't really want to do, you know, start anything in these two days. And then we shift testing anyway, and these things happen. And then later on this month, it's going to be the, I believe it's the SBAC testing. uh, And I will lose my juniors for literally a week. I will not have junior English. Testing, obviously, is something that large schools have to deal with. And it's probably a much bigger headache for them uh, than it is for us. We can kind of just kind of contain them. Um, There's eight juniors, for example. But, you know, when you're looking at the prospect of, by that time, we have maybe five weeks left with them, and I'm going to lose them for a week, and you just go, ooh, what what do I do? Um, They're going to be reading a novel during that time, um, We'll get a week's worth of reading in. It's a young adult novel. We're, I'm going to have them being—they're going to read uh, *Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian*. So it's a—it's you know—it's it, not going to be anything dense. I think they can handle it. And I—and I think if they you know do put it away for a week, they'll be able to pick it back up. Or if they do forget, it's not something where it's going to be too difficult for them to go back and read through it and go, oh yeah, that's that's what's happening there. But my, my the thing that I want to get across is that these things really, really can impact and rock your world, so to speak, when you are in a small school. We have to just work around them. Uh, kind of the way that I teach, I think, kind of lends itself a little bit to dealing with these um, disruptions a little bit better. I like to do, it's technically not project-based learning, but that's basically what I like to do. You know, I'll have the students they'll be reading a novel for a few weeks or we'll be working on a certain type of paper and so instead of planning day by day by day we go week by week basically uh, and, so, and so that's one of the things that we are that I that I do um, that I think kind of helps combat that and I know like when I was missing students for tournaments uh, I had the the juniors were reading Um, selections of a book called Napoleon's Buttons which uh, takes chemistry and history and kind of mixes them together Uh, and they use that as a starting point to do some research on their own and then they did presentations and my thought process being presentations are important it's important for the students to get up in front of people and talk but also they're not as technical as writing is Uh, and so I could get away with saying It's not going to be as big of a deal if they put away the presentation for two or three days. While they're at tournaments, they can come up and they can pick that up. Um, Whereas with a research paper, you might be going, "Oh, where was I in this? What point was I trying to make? Uh, And so I had them do that. And then, you know, the reading was very much on their own. The research was on their own. I was just kind of there to guide them through that process of getting all of their data and getting all of their reading and literature together. Um, you know, explaining to them which sites are probably better than others and kind of helping them that way. And that's something that we did. Uh, another example right now would be with my seniors. The The last quarter of the year is crazy. And for seniors, it's even crazier because they lose a week. Uh, they, you know, they graduate early before everyone else. Uh, our, our seniors right now are on their senior trip. Uh, And they will not be back until Saturday. Uh, We have a three-day week this week. We had Tuesday off as well as Monday for Easter. Um, But they will be missing those three days. And what I had them basically do was uh, they're working on their senior memory book right now. Um, That is basically their autobiography uh, up to now. And they'll put it together by the end of the year. And that basically has just firm deadlines at the end of the week. But they can work on it very much on their own. Because I know I'm going to be missing them for track, and for college visits, and for this, that, and the other thing. And it's just kind of crazy. Um, but that is the world of rural education. Our, our schedules get changed uh, a lot. And because it only takes two or three kids to be missing from our class... For that to be a big deal, uh, sometimes we have to really take that into account uh, when we're planning. Uh, so I talked about some of the strategies that I have. I would love to hear from from other people about the strategies that they use to get rid of uh, or minimize these scheduling disruptions that happen to them. Please do uh, contact me. Uh, once again, you can hit me up on Twitter at Rural Ed Podcast. You can, that is all one word, by the way, Rural Ed Podcast. Uh, you can hit me up on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rural Ed Podcast. You can email me at Rural Ed Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, you can always leave a comment on the blog, which is Rural Ed Podcast dot blogspot dot com. Uh, so that's going to wrap up this episode. It, it kind of worked out. I did. I, I've neglected the podcast for, for a lot longer than I anticipated, so I came back with something about scheduling interruptions. Uh, my plan is to, uh, do kind of a, a quickie, uh, podcast maybe over the weekend, uh, because I will be moderating MT EdChat tonight, um, with the subject being advice for newcomers to education, and so what I'll do is I'll do a podcast over the weekend where I'll give you my answers to that, uh, but a little bit more so. I'll kind of expand on them a little bit, Uh, and that way I can kind of get back to where I kind of think I should be with number of episodes. So anyway, um, please do um, give me a shout-out on Twitter or Facebook or drop me a line. I'd love to hear from you about what you do to help with your um, scheduling problems or issues that arise in your school. And until next time, this has been the Rural Education Podcast. And I've been Alan Hoffman. Have a great day.